Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 15 of Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to be reading from verses 10 through 12. Genesis 6, verse 10. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And I'll stop reading there. Now in verse 10... Um, we read that Noah begat three sons, and then God gives their name, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And this is um, uh, a re-emphasis, or it's a restatement of what the Lord said at the end of Genesis chapter 5, in verse 32. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So here, God is once again um, stating that Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, we, we've we discussed this before uh, concerning the genealogy, and we saw that Shem was not the firstborn, even though he's listed as the first. And we went to uh, Abram. And, and his father as an example where God does that uh, very same thing. Um, in Genesis 11, verse 26, And Terah lived 70 years and begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And uh, again, um, three sons are said to have been begotten when Terah was 70, and Abram is listed first, but we saw that that's not possible uh, because um, of additional information that the Lord gives in Genesis chapter 11, that uh, it, it just was not possible for Abram to have been born first, nor to have been born when his father, Terah, was 70. And it's it's uh, the same here. Uh, God speaks of Noah and lists his three sons, and just as Abram is the more important because he will be the one that God will follow as far as the uh, biblical calendar of history and, and actually biblical history itself. And so too is Shem going to be the Bible calendar reference patriarch. So he's listed first. Although when it says that Noah begat these sons when he was 500, but if we go to Genesis 11, it says in verse 10, these are the generations of Shem. Shem was a hundred years old and begat Arphaxad two years after the flood. So, so Shem was 100 two years after the flood, which means that he was born 
Um, it, not when when Noah was 500, which would have been the year 5090 BC, but he was born two years later in the year 5088 BC when Noah was 502, because two years after the flood, Noah was 602. So, again, it's following a pattern that God has established. Now, as far as the names, I'm not sure if we mentioned this before, but Shem is the name that means name. It's 8035 in the Hebrew. It's the same as 8034, Shem. Kara Shem called his name. And and, and so he uh, has the name that we found several times when there is an immediate father-son relationship. He called his name. And Ham... Uh, is 2526 in the Hebrew, the same as 2525, which is a word that means hot or warm. And Japheth is 3315, but I'm not sure exactly what his name means, uh, what, what the Hebrew word means. Well, let's move on to verse 11 of Genesis chapter 6, and it says, The earth also was corrupt, before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Now, God has already given his assessment of man's inner being. And we read that back in verse 5 of the same chapter. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. But it it seems that in these verses, actually um, in verses 11, 12, and 13, where the Lord is going to uh, discuss the sins of the world, the sins of the people, the earth, and the reason why he intends to destroy them, it's, it's more of an assessment of the outer condition of things, of of what's happening on the face of the earth. Not so much in the hearts of men, although, of course, when men do evil outwardly, they're, they're also doing it inwardly. In Genesis 6, verse 11, notice that the word earth is mentioned twice, and it, it's mentioned twice in verse 12, and also twice in verse 13. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. It's found twice in each of those three verses. And and so it's clear that the Lord is stressing and, and placing emphasis upon the sin that is visible in the earth or the, the sins that are outward. And even though the population of the world 
is relatively small. It's just a handful of million of people. Yet they are are doing wickedly. They are uh, doing evil. The word earth, uh, we should not think because God says the earth was corrupt and the earth was filled with violence, that it's somehow a reference to the ground or or to the physical earth. No, it it's basically uh, standing as a synonym uh, for mankind. It, it is mankind that is involved in corruption, and it is mankind that does violence. And and so um, the earth here is being used in a similar way as God used it in Isaiah 34, in verse 1. It says, Come near, ye nations, to hear, and hearken, ye people. Let the earth hear and all that is therein, the world, and all things that come forth of it. In this verse, the Lord refers to nations, and the earth, and the world, but but he's focused on mankind. Come near ye nations to hear, hearken ye people, let the earth hear, is synonymous with with hearken ye people. The, the earth and the people are one and the same. And, and therefore, we could read the people also was corrupt, or were corrupt before God, and the people were were filled with violence, and and God looked upon the people, and behold, they were corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth, and there is the actual statement pointing to man. It's the flesh which identifies with sinful mankind that has brought about the corruption and the violence that that God is witnessing on the earth and and therefore the Lord determined to destroy the earth as a result. Well, the word corrupt is uh, 7843 in the Hebrew Concordance. And it's found in Exodus 32, and we'll read verses 7 and 8 of Exodus 32. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Here the Lord is telling Moses, Go down, he was in the mount, and, and visit the people of Israel, who were not patient. They weren't patient. They weren't humble or patient or submissive and looking to the Lord for their help and guidance and and just waiting on the Lord for him to uh, complete the test. That's why it took 40 days for God to give the law to Moses because God was testing them and they failed the test while 
God was taking his time in uh, presenting the Ten Commandments to Moses and, and, and giving him the law, all the while the Lord knew that the people were uh, anxious and, and they wanted to take matters into their own hand. And finally they did. And they had Aaron build the golden calf and they worshipped it as God. They worshipped it as an idol. And this the Lord describes as corruption. They have corrupted themselves. It, you see, they it wasn't God, was it? it? It was just an idol that could not hear or see. It, it had nothing to do with their deliverance from Egypt. And how could they even begin to think that it did? No, the, the gods of Egypt couldn't deliver the Egyptians. So why would they think that this golden calf could help them? But it's the fallen nature of man. Mankind, in his rebellion, in, in his sinful condition, prefers the lie to the truth, desires a false god rather than the true god. And, and so it, it shows forth here. In Judges chapter 2, we read the same word again in Judges 2, and in verses 18, and 19, and when Jehovah raised them up judges, then Jehovah was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For it repented Jehovah because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings, nor from their stubborn way. You see how God once again is putting his finger on the problem. It's idolatry. And again, Again, uh, when God would raise up a judge like Moses and the judge would deliver them, oh, the people would be so happy and and so faithful. But once the judge was dead, once the judge was no longer present, just like Moses, he, he went up into the mountain. He was no longer present in the camp. Once that happened, it was only a matter of time, and quick they went after other gods, and God said here they did worse than their fathers, and they corrupted their way. They they corrupted themselves more than their fathers had corrupted themselves. And, and this is, again, typical. It, it is the way of the spiritually dead. It is the way of a sinner in rebellion against God. He will naturally corrupt himself and, and serve other gods. And of course, that means other religions, other gospels. If, if, uh, like Israel, they happen to 
be associated with the true religion or the true faith, or it could be other philosophies, like uh, being an atheist or a secularist, uh, just just preferring the things of the world over the things of God. It, it's any lie, any um, deceitful thing, any dark thing that is set over against the light of the word of God, the truth of the Bible, that is corruption. That is corruption. And that is what was happening in the world prior to the flood. Remember, the sons of God mixed. They intermarried with daughters of men. And there were men of renown, men of a name. They had the name of Christ, we would say today, or they had the name of a Jew, a name that identified with the kingdom of God, and yet they they were corrupt. They they were corrupt. They were idolatrous. They were involved in all kinds of things that were not true and faithful and right. They they were not doing as God's elect people like Noah were doing and walking uprightly were like Enoch. They they were not maintaining the faith or following the word of God faithfully. In Ezekiel chapter 28, we'll see how this does tie in to um, the Garden of Eden and man's uh, fall in, in the garden. It says in Ezekiel 28 verse 13, just so we know who and what God is talking about, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. And then in verse 15, Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. So it's mankind, perfect, created uh, perfectly, in the Garden of Eden, and perfect until the day he disobeyed God and ate of the tree God commanded him not to eat of. And then in verse 17, Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. All the way back at the very beginning, in the year 11,013 B.C., man was seeing corruption, that he corrupted his wisdom. It, it, again, the, the counsel of God, the word of God was pure and holy and perfect, and man had perfect communion with God and perfect fellowship, and, and God was his teacher. God was his instructor and and directing him day by day. God, remember, uh, walked in the cool of the day and and you could hear the voice of God. And, and so man had perfect wisdom. Just later, when the Lord Jesus Christ would walk upon the face of the earth, there was perfect wisdom walking before man. But man brought corruption. He corrupted the wisdom that he was uh, originally made with and granted 
the wisdom he possessed and and it was taken away from him and he lost sight of true wisdom and developed a corrupt version of it. This, uh, he would say, is wisdom, and yet it was not. Well, let's go to Psalm 14 and look at verse 1. The same word corrupt is found here. Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The fool. And and God breaks down the human race into the foolish and the wise. And a fool is someone who is unsaved and does not possess the spirit of wisdom, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're all fools in our unsaved condition. The fool has said in his heart, he is speaking in his heart. And this is, by the way, uh, why God says later in the Psalms that they're born speaking lies. No, of course, a newborn baby cannot speak. Everyone knows that. Of course, the, uh, the writers of the Bible, you know how some critics looking for, for anything to criticize would try and and say, well, there's a error or a mistake. Well, everyone in ancient times, especially more so than we today, had knowledge of a child's birth and and what a child was like when he was born, and and it would be some time, a year, a year and a half, up to two years before they begin to speak verbally. Yet. Everyone is born, if they're born unsaved, there's rare exceptions like John the Baptist saved in the womb, but everyone is born unsaved and therefore is speaking in their heart saying there is no God. They're, They're born, the sinner conceived in sin, in an open rebellion against God. It's as though we're born with our fist raised uh, against the heaven. We're, we're already opposed and contrary and, and ready to argue and dispute and mock and, and so forth. Anything that has to do with God. There is no God. And it's a lie. It, it's an outright lie, and that's why uh, uh, they're born speaking lies. That's why every human being, unsaved, enters into the world speaking a lie in their heart. Not, again, not verbally, but it's being declared in their heart, the heart that God sees. He, he All things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He looks upon the heart, and the um, tendency of the heart is to be desperately wicked and deceitful. Deceitful means you lie. Deceitful above all things. And, And here is the lie. Here's the lie that man is speaking in his heart. And, and so, from conception, when God, for his own purposes, has blessed 
the union between a male and a female and a, a new um, creature, a, a new child is conceived and born. It's conceived in sin. You cannot bring a clean from an unclean, and both parents are spiritually unclean. Both are sinners. Therefore, they give birth to a sinner, and the, the little baby develops physically and, and is growing, and already in its soul existence, it's born dead in sin because, again, you can't bring a clean from an unclean. Its parents were dead in sin. It is conceived and, and then develops and then is born dead in sin. And, and, and so in its spiritually dead condition, it has a deceitful, lying heart. Already it is corrupt. It is a corrupt thing all the way through the development in the womb and when born. It, it, you know, from our perspective, it's a, a beautiful little baby, a beautiful child, a beautiful boy, a beautiful girl. But spiritually, it's a whole different matter. Spiritually, God sees corruption. He sees wickedness and evil. And to prove it, all you have to do is let the child grow so it can speak. And and early on, practically as soon as a, a little baby or a toddler learns how to speak and it does something, it breaks something or or maybe hits a, a sister, uh, he or she hits her sister, and then mom or dad enters into the room. Did you do that? No. No. The, the little toddler lies. Naturally, as though it were its character, as though it were its true nature to lie. And that's exactly what it is. Its true nature is to lie. And and then as time goes on, and it has more opportunity to show forth the true nature of the heart within what happens when the child becomes a youngster, a teenager, a young person, a grown-up, sin will be seen. There, There's drunkenness, there's drug addiction, there's um, theft and and hatred and lying and, and so forth. Sin in some form shows itself. It, it finally has an ability to uh, give expression to what has been in the heart since conception. Since the conception. Well, this word, translated as corrupt, back in Genesis chapter 6, is also the word translated as destroy. In Genesis 6, in verse 17, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. The word destroy, and not just there, but in several places, the same word translated as corrupt is translated as destroy. And, uh, for instance, in Genesis 19, verse 13, For we will destroy this place 
because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of Jehovah, and Jehovah has sent us to destroy it. Speaking of Sodom and Gomorrah, that's sort of unusual to us. Why would the same word translated as corrupt be the word destroy? Well, because corruption is a form of destruction. It does destroy. It, it does bring death to man. And, and so it is fitting that God uses the same word we, we could read. The earth also was destroyed before God and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was destroyed. For all flesh had destroyed his way upon the earth. It, it fits. It, destruction is the same as corruption. This is what man's sin does. It, it just destroys whatever it touches. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.